All right, so welcome today to the very first, the inaugural, if you will, episode of The Stuffing, uh, The Stuffing Podcast, hosted by yours truly. My name is Brian, and uh, with me, as always, is Garth. No, that's... What's your name again? I forgot. Um, I forgot as well. Uh, I think it's Rob. Rob? Sure it's Rob, yeah. Like Robert? Like... Not Robert. Pretty soon he started thinking he was a bear. It's a, that's a throwback. <laughs> who was that? Isn't it Jack Handy? Who or who what was it? No, that's a that's from a, uh like Space Ghost uh Oh, that's right, Drax or uh, is it what Drax? is it? Brack. Brack, yeah. Brack yeah. tracks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh that that is that is a big throwback. I don't think I've even said that to you in like 15 years. <laughs> but all right. Uh, so uh we are here today for our first podcast and when I say first this is really our fifth podcast episode. Uh we recorded four others and then we're like those are crap, let's start over. And so <laughs> here's hoping this one's less crap. And uh what we are going to do is take a few minutes here to introduce ourselves a little bit and, and, and get you guys acquainted with us. We'll talk to you a little bit about what we're planning on doing, and then we're going to jump in. So, um, Rob, uh, since you're drinking right now, why don't you go ahead and start talking and share a little bit about you and, uh, and uh, yeah, I guess that's it, or us, whatever. Um, I am Rob. Um <clears throat> I live in the awful state of Texas, um, uh, <laughs> which is blasphemous to say while you're in Texas. Um, I am a father of three, a married of one, and um, <clears throat> I love love music and I love movies. So that's why I'm doing this. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here. Um, <clears throat> uh man yeah i don't know i don't know what do i say about myself i don't know <laughs> i don't like talking about myself well, i'm sure some other stuff will come up as we get a little bit further into it so and I, i'm brian i am a father of two uh and married of one as well uh my wife and i have been married going on 19 years how long are you and uh your lovely lady uh we will be going on we just had our 13th. He said that super confidently, spouse. So <laughs> we're good. Uh, 13th. Good. good. Good job. And uh, you've, your kids range in age from like what to what? Um, I go, we got a seven year old, uh, a nine year old, and an 11 year old. Right on. And I've got a five and a half year old and an eight year old. So, uh, yeah, so that kind of gives you an idea, you know, we're, we're going to be talking about life some in this podcast and, and how this stuff uh, hits us. And so uh, g gives you an idea of where we're at in our lives, you know, um, marriage wise and the kids, those are definitely a huge part of what our day to day life is revolving around is those things. Uh, now, we we um, have been uh, friends for a, a long time, like 23 years. Uh, friends, friends from high school. Um, using friends very loosely here. So yeah, I say friends. Um, 
but I stopped paying you a while ago. So what do you refer to me as now? Uh, that would be arch nemesis. Oh, okay. Right, right, right. Yeah. So, um, uh, 23 years of friends. Well, at some point the friends turned into arch nemesis when I ran out, ran out of money, which is probably when I had the kids. So, um, yeah, yeah <laughs> they do that to you. Um, I don't know about you, but like, not only do I have the expenses of kids, but my son has uh, fallen in love with the idea of money. So literally, if the money is not strapped down, it will become his and go in his uh, stash. So yeah, uh, my kids it, went through that phase too. It's, it started with coins. And then one time I am fairly certain he jacked 60 bucks out of our hidden stash. So, um, but you know, what, what are you gonna do? <laughs> Uh, I'm glad that he's interested in money, you know, that maybe he'll want to make some and move out when he turns 18 or something. In the meantime, uh, we uh, are are here primarily to talk about uh, some of the things that we really love. Um, so we both love lots of different stuff. Um, I'll say for me, my individual hobbies that probably uh, Rob does not share is that I'm a, I'm an avid reader. Um, uh I'm, I'm an English teacher and I'm, and I just got my degree to be a librarian. So books are a huge part of my life. I'm very passionate about them. Um, I am a, uh, I have a couple things that I do related to that, that I'll talk about kind of at the end of the podcast today. Um, and I'm a huge, uh, uh, nerd when it comes to star Wars, star, star Wars, star Wars, uh, Marvel, DC, uh, Harry Potter, um, yeah, like a lot of that kind of stuff I'm just really into. And then uh, I'm also a big uh, vinyl collector, love vinyl records. Um, I know that's another thing that we definitely disagree on. That middle thing, being a nerd about a lot of stuff, you share some of that, not all of that. But uh, but the vinyl and the reading, not so much. So what, what do you what do you enjoy? What makes you happy? Um, you know, I love Star Wars just as much as the next guy. Like when um, <clears throat> Captain Jean-Luc Picard got this in the TARDIS. Wrong. Nope, this is where we're stopping. <laughs> It's all that, that live long and prosper stuff, right? You can't do it with this hand. Um, anyway, um, yes. Uh, no, I do. I don't really care for Star Wars. All the new stuff is amazing, but all that seventies, eighties, horrible acting crap could just go down the drain, along with Lord of the Rings. Um, <clears throat> but yes, I like love music. Um, I'm not as eclectic as this guy here, but I love my rock um pop punk punk um just the heavier stuff mostly um but movies i i like a lot of movies um a lot of movies um probably not as into indie type stuff as uh brian is um but definitely we definitely like a lot of the same movies i think big on comedies the superhero movies are great um, I like to play guitar, um, and I attempt to sing, um, and yeah, that's probably it for me. Um, uh, yeah, that's all I got right now. That's good. That's good stuff. That's, uh, that's, that's enough. You got to leave a morning more, you know, um, right. they, they need to think that you're an enigma wrapped inside of a puzzle, wrapped inside of a Rubik's cube or something. I don't know. That's what'll draw them back. That's what I've heard anyway. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, it has not worked for me, and that's why I'm so so lonely. Uh, but 
Um, so what we're going to do here on this podcast, the stuffing, it's called the stuffing primarily because we're going to talk about like stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like specific stuff. Um, specifically, we're going to talk about music and movies, especially. Um, there may be some times that we talk about other things, but that's going to be our primary focus. And the way that we're going to go about that is that uh, uh, this week we're going to talk about an album that we know that we mutually love. Um, we both have an affinity for. Um, but starting next week, we're going to take turns. And so next week I'll choose an album and we're going to talk about that album. And by the way, when I say next week, I mean next episode. Good Lord knows when it's going to come out. We'll just do our best. Um, we are busy people. But the next one will be an album that I choose. The one after that will be an album that Rob chooses. And then there will be a movie that I choose. And then a movie that Rob chooses. And then back to albums. And that will be kind of the plan. Um, right now, we're going to aim for this podcast to be every other week. But uh, we have had some challenges in coordinating our schedules over time. Um, with it being the middle of COVID craziness still, uh, us having five kids between us that have different activities that they're participating in and different, uh, you know, challenges with schooling in a COVID world, um, you know, needing time with our spouses and then just our jobs. Um, my job is, is, uh, requires a lot of focus and and as does rob's my hours are a little bit more normal um a little bit more consistent rob's are a little bit crazy uh so but uh we're gonna do what we can to get together and do this podcast and we're doing it because we enjoy hanging out and uh we don't get to do that much right now either um but also we love uh talking about movies and music and this is gonna be a really great way to introduce each other to some some bands and some and some movies so one of the things that Rob said is that um, we do share a lot of interest in music. Um, I am definitely, my musical taste, my primary love of music is going to be sort of that pop punk, ska, emo stuff that we listened to in the 90s and early 2000s. Um, but I like a little bit of everything. And I definitely have a huge singer, songwriter, folky musician kind of vibe that I like too. Um, and then, uh, Rob likes a lot of stuff, but Rob, you listen to more hard stuff than I do. Uh, so sure. your my, my favorite band is a punk band named MXPX and your favorite band is this band that I don't know that a lot of people have really heard of. What, what are they called again? Um, Metallica. Me- um, Metallica. What yeah. it's, uh, it's a gross name. Why would you lick metal? It's just, it's gross. Uh, I might have the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable. Um, uh, Metallica is actually their name. Um, they have a couple albums out, a uh, little bit of a following. Those are those guys that screwed over Napster, right? <clears throat> yes, and rightfully so. <laughs> or Napster screwed them over either way. <laughs> Both ways. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, so, that what's that? I said yes, that was them. Gotcha. Just Lars. We can hate Lars. We can like everyone else, I think. So, yeah. 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 No, I like Lars too. He's fine. Yeah. All right. So, we're going to talk about uh, music and we're going to talk about, and, and, and there will be some, you know, albums there that I might bring up that you've heard a little bit of and vice versa or that we've both heard, but it's just been a while. You know, we, maybe I didn't give it a full try or you didn't give it a full try. 
And there may be some that I, you know, I say, I want to do this album and you'll be like, Oh, I know that album. I love that album. And that's cool. You know, mm-hmm. it's just, we're going to take it album by album and talk about albums that we love. And uh, same thing with movies. Movies is going to be, I think, even more interesting because uh, yes, we do share a- an interest in those action adventure movies and the comedies. Um, but kind of like you said, um, I am a huge fan of like independent films and like, which I don't even know what that means anymore because major film companies have created independent imprints like Fox Searchlight and, uh, you know, it's a major film company, but it's sort of an independent film. Mm -hmm. So we may talk about some of those. Um, You know, I may choose a movie that's from that. And then you sometimes have some really interesting taste in movies as well. Um, Movies that I've heard of but never really watched and you're a huge fan of. Or maybe I've seen once or twice, um, and I and I don't remember very well. So, definitely uh, looking forward to going through that. So yeah, anything to add to that? Um, no. Um, other than you're usually more open to new music than I am. I tend to hate the stuff you show me until I rediscover it on my own. So we'll see how that works in a setting like this. Right. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's gonna suck. <laughs> I'm pretty pretty sure you're gonna be like, this band is garbage. I hate them. And see, this is a this is a trend in our in our friendship, guys, or our our uh, arch nemesisness. I don't know how you say that in the current context, mm-hmm. but uh, is that uh, over the years in high school and after high school, I'd be like, oh man, Rob, you have got to check out this band. They're so good. I love them. And I would give Rob the album, and Rob would listen to it. And he'd be like, yeah, they're all right. And then uh, you know, a couple years later, Rob would be like, dude, I heard this band. Have you ever heard this band? They're so good. And I'm like, that's the band I showed you two years ago, dude. Come on. <laughs> Killing me. It's true. It's true. Uh, th- uh, I don't know if that happened with these guys. Did I like these guys that we're going to talk about? I can't remember. I don't know. I was going to ask you about that here in a minute. But before we do, I will say that one of the things I'm looking forward to about the albums that you're going to choose, and I, I know that you'll – your taste is not all like harder rock, but I, I know that you do like some of the harder bands, which I, you know, I often was like, yeah, they're pretty good, but I didn't really give them enough time because I liked my bands, you know, a little more. So I just wanted to go back to them. So I'm kind of looking forward to seeing some of the musicality of those bands and, uh, and appreciating that. So, um, I, one one quick thing I'll add on too is that one of your first concert, uh, I and got you to go, but your parents actually dropped us off mm-hmm. uh, when we were in high school, and it was my favorite band, MXPX, which is a punk band uh, from Bremerton, Washington, yep. and uh, it was a great show, a lot of fun. Uh, we've been to quite a few concerts since then as well, and we may at you know at at points talk about some of those concerts because they're. You know, if we're watching a band that we've seen together. Um, but I will say that uh, nowadays, if we go to shows, being 38 years old, I am not getting in any mosh pits or crowd surfing. Um, I find myself subscribing to the uh, Kevin James motto here. Um, I, I don't know if you've seen the movie. Have you seen the movie Grown Ups? Long time ago. I love Grown Ups. I've already put him to sleep. He's falling asleep here. No, the, it's a hilarious movie. I just I don't remember much of it. Yeah, there's this scene where they're talking to Kevin James's character and they're telling him that they're going to get him to kick somebody's butt for them. 
And he's like, listen, guys, I got about, you know, five to 10 minutes of fighting left in my life. And I'm saving that for the next time someone cuts in front of me at KFC. And uh, that's about what I've got as far as aggressiveness left in my life. I can't get in a mosh pit, I'll die. But if you cut in front of me at Popeye's, I'll cut you. So. Um, yeah, I would definitely still get into a mosh pit. Um, I don't know if I'd survive or not, but I would definitely still do that. I, I, I need to, I mean, I still have the strength to do it. I just don't have the stamina. Like I, I I'm out of breath in like five seconds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll definitely be out of breath too. I am All right. Let's, weak man. let's jump in. So the, the band we're going to talk about today, um, a band that I have a deep, deep love for. And I'm, I'm going to be honest, uh, you know, I wasn't originally going to be this honest about the band because um, we were going to, and we may still uh, try and get an interview with the lead singer. I've reached out to uh, Ted Bond um, and asked him if he'd be willing to do an interview. And he's said, yes, it's just getting back in touch with him and arranging it uh, might be a little difficult. Um, but the, uh, the band we're talking about today is Craig's brother. And, uh, and I definitely, uh, so Craig's brother is, um, kind of a pop punk skate punk band. Here's, here's the deal. I guess I got to say also with this, I know I'm kind of rambling a little bit, but I love punk music. And, uh, there's two things though, that are super annoying about punk music. Number one is punk music has tons of gatekeepers and, I find gatekeeping super annoying. So do you know what I mean when I say gatekeeping? Yeah. Yeah. Like how I think Taylor Swift isn't country music. Well, right. <laughs> and like, and I would probably agree. Well, no, that after, so. she's not, but after like her third album or whatever, she wasn't, you know, I'd give yeah. her first couple albums, country music, but, but yeah, it's that idea that like, I'm going to say this is punk and that's not. And I think that's stupid. Um, honestly, I think that's probably like, like the least punk attitude to have towards punk, but whatever. <laughs> um, but the other thing that's super annoying about punk, and I was talking to my friend Jay uh, about this one day, is that uh, there's so many like subgenres of punk, and there are people that feel like you need to know what all those subgenres mean. Like, oh, this that was uh, that was thrash punk. This one was this one's skate punk. That's gutter punk. Uh, this is. Uh, ska punk and this is that you know it's just like some of them there's a distinctive difference you know and i, I mean i get that there's differences between all of them but like yeah ska ska's very different than like pop punk or skate punk mm -hmm. but as far as like getting the type of punk right i'm probably not going to do that with all the punk albums we talk about because i don't fully understand the difference or care at all <laughs> so like you're getting a little uh, slc punk on us here that's right. Matthew Lillard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't care who started it. All I know <laughs> is that we did it faster and we did it with more heart, baby. <laughs> something like that. Yep, that's yep, the, yep. the line, something like that. I tried yep. to rewatch that movie recently. Uh, I don't recommend rewatching that with your kids around. So, no. no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wasn't going to watch the whole movie, but I put a little bit of it on. So. Okay, so this band, uh, they're a punk band from California, um, and uh, they've kind of got a real interesting history. And uh, 
I, I'll start with saying how I discovered them. I discovered them because I was a big fan of Tooth & Nail Records, uh, which is, if, if you're not familiar with them, especially in the 90s and 2000s, they were like the Christian rock label that existed. I mean, there were a few others, but basically everybody, you know, worshipped at the altar of Tooth & Nail if you were into Christian rock, which I'm sure all of those people would hate that I just phrased it that way. Super <laughs> blasphemous. <laughs> But um, so Tooth and Nail would put out these compilations from time to time called Songs from the Penalty Box. And uh, the second volume of that, Songs from the Penalty Box, Volume 2, had a song by Craig's brother called Dear Charlotte. And that song to me was like one of the best punk songs I'd ever heard. Lyrically, sonically, I just loved everything about that song. And so I picked up a copy of Homecoming and I wore that album out. And I don't know if I don't, I I'm sure I introduced you to the band. Would you agree? Possibly. I mean, there's a good chance of it, but I do know that I got to see them live once, but I can't remember if I knew about them before that, or if that's where I was first introduced to them. Yeah, so I'm super bitter about that because I've never seen them live. Uh, but I'll I'll get over it with therapy. It'll be all right. Um, so maybe I did or maybe I didn't introduce you to them, but I'm sh I'm sure that I'm at least part of the reason that you listened to them as as much as you did because mm -hmm. I, we had this uh, between the two of us, sophomores in high school, uh, kind of summer between sophomore year going to junior year. You had a car, I didn't, so. You drove us places, mm -hmm. and uh, like any good friend, I tried to constantly take over your stereo, mm -hmm. um, and you were nice enough to let me do that sometimes. sometimes, and then and then sometimes you put your own stuff on, but so I probably made you listen to them a whole bunch, so, um, and I, Homecoming is definitely an album that I've grown to love deeply. That's the album we're going to talk about today. I'll say after Homecoming, they still put out a bunch of music. Um, let's get real quick. Um, let me get their, you know, talk about their discography for a second. Uh, I know that after homecoming, they put out an album called lost at sea. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. So homecoming was 1998. So actually they did have an album before homecoming called keeping it real. Uh, it was a little EP. Um, and then Homecoming was in 1998, Lost at Sea, and as their second full length, that came out in 2001. They had an EP called Epidemic, and it's spelled like E-P-edemic. Um, uh, that came out in 2004. Then there's kind of a big break here, about like seven years, and then they came out with their third full length called The Insidious Lie. And then another big break, this time like eight years. And they came out with an EP called Devils in the Details. And they are currently finishing up their fourth full-length album uh, in the studio right now. And actually, they're uh, trying to record. They just did a Kickstarter to cover phases two and three of this new album. And essentially, they're buying vocal equipment so they can record vocals in Ted's house. Because between COVID and the wildfires in California, they've really been kind of shut down as far as trying to put the album out i'm super excited about it um 
the the honesty that I was going to share earlier about Craig's brother is that I loved Homecoming. Lost at Sea was okay. It was not as good as Homecoming, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And I sort of fell off after then. I think I kind of got more into the emo side of things. Uh, bands like Dashboard Confessional and the Juliana Theory and Jimmy Eat World and um, you know that that type of thing. Mm-hmm. And um, so I just didn't. I just wasn't aware uh, of their other music. And then I've kind of come back to them in the last couple of years and devils in the details is absolutely killer. Like a fantastic EP. Um, so I'm super excited for the new album. Yeah. Um, I'd say I'm the same. Um, I think I didn't like, I mean, I loved homecoming. Um, and just everything about it, the lyrics, the, especially the guitars. Um, and I think that's why I fell off after after Homecoming, because if I remember correctly, they lost at least one of their guitarists uh, before they made Lost at Sea. And I think that changed the sound that I really enjoyed, um, <clears throat> if I remember correctly. Um, if not, it was after Lost at Sea, but for some reason that album just did not click with me um, the same way Home- Homecoming did. And I really didn't listen to him much after that until you told you told me about Devil in the Details, and then um, I listened to that album and it was really good. Yeah. So what what you're talking about is Andy Snyder and Adam Nye, who were in the band. They left Craig's brother right after um, Craig's brother got done touring for Homecoming, mm-hmm. and they started a band called Too Bad Eugene. And a lot of people really liked Too Bad Eugene. And I, I tried to listen to him again recently. I never really got into him. Um, I tried to listen to him again recently. And I mean, it's decent, you know. Um, there's some guitar work that reminds me of Craig's brother. But it just, to me, there was something kind of magical about how everything went together in Craig's brother. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I totally agree. It was it was, it was was hard to... Uh, to, to lose that band, what I thought was, you know, this band that I loved so much. Um, but uh, I'm glad that I've been able to come back to him a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Now, wh- one other thing I do want to highlight here, because this often comes up in, in regards to Craig's mother, before we kind of get into listening to them, is that um, the year that Andy and Adam left to form from Craig's brother. Um, Craig's brother did have another guy that uh, tried out to be a guitarist and ended up touring with them for a little while. Um, never really was on uh, an album, um, but that's it, definitely a person that a lot of people would know. And that is uh, Ryan Key from Yellow Card. Yellow Card. Is that the Oceans Avenue? Yes. Uh, band? Yeah. Yeah, so and Yellow Card got huge. You know, I mean, Craig's brother never had anywhere near the success that Yellow Card did. Um, but Ryan Key was in Craig's brother for a little bit, and then went on to be in, in Yellow Card. So that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some other interesting, fun facts that I'm sure we'll talk about as we get into the band. But let's not waste any more time. Let's 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 talk a little bit about the album. Okay. Alrighty. So what we're going to try and do here, we'll talk, uh, we'll play a little snippet of these songs and, uh, and then we'll talk about the songs a little bit. 
Um, uh, you know, we may talk a little bit about lyrics and a little bit about how the songs hit us or what we like about them. Um, but let's, uh, let's, the, the first song is called Insult to Injury. So here's a clip of that. All right. So, uh, Rob, this song, uh, what do you think? What's, what's your feeling on it? Um, I really like this song. Um, I mean, obviously his lyrics are, um, amazing and you'll, you'll notice that throughout, like, um, it doesn't feel like he, he talks about the same stuff other, um, you know, punk bands really get into. Um, he's very, um, he definitely talks about feelings and struggles that he's going on, like, um, going on within him. Um, and it feels like he's able to articulate that better and in more of an artistic way than at least the bands that I've listened to. Um, and so it's really interesting, um, to read through his lyrics and especially a song like insult to injury, um, hearing a song like this come from what you most likely consider a Christian band. Um, and, um, to me, the like just the lyrics of it are, you know, talking about um, somebody trying to push their version of, like whatever religion, probably Christianity is. I mean, I can only assume what he's talking about here. Um, pushing that on him in a certain way and trying to make him feel guilty for how he's walking or how he's uh, living his life based on their own version of what. Um, they believe Christianity or religion should be. And um, it's, it's interesting and it definitely um, speaks to me at different points in my life. Um, it's like back when I first heard it and like when I listen to it now. Um, um, so it's, it's, yeah, it's a very good one to listen to. Very, I, th I think. What about you? Well, so let me say one of the things that I th I've been kind of surprised by, and I, again, this is just like, you know, the way we encounter music, it's, you know, we encountered this album back in 97, 98, whatever I said it came out in and uh, listening to it again now, you know, so 90, 98, I was uh, 16, you know, 16, 17 years old. Um, and now I'm 38 years old. So uh, very very different feeling in a lot of ways. Um, but I can still, one, I can appreciate it as a nostalgic thing. Um, you know, something that I enjoyed back then that I enjoy now because I enjoyed back then, but I also enjoy it just musically now. Also, you know, the way we listen to music is different because, you know, I would have been popping a CD in, um, but now I've got, you know, I've got it open on my, on my Apple music account on my phone and I can look at the lyrics right as I'm listening to the song. And, one of the things that surprised me is how these, I sort of assumed all these songs were written by Ted, um, who's the you know lead singer and guitarist. And uh, that's not the case, but this one is written by him. And I agree with your idea about the premise, the, the, the idea of pushing your religion on someone. And what I loved about this then, and I love so much more now, is that back then, 
there weren't a lot of Christian artists that were criticizing Christianity very much. And um, I don't want to like bash Christianity. I'm a, I'm a Christian. Like I'm, you know, I, that's still a huge part of my life, but I am a, I, I'm a, I'm to me, authenticity and transparency and are, are important in that desire to constantly grow and get better. And I think that only happens when you can look at who you are and what you believe openly and say, this is not good, or this is good, you know, and, and what needs to be fixed and what doesn't, or, um, you know, what is really what, you know, as a Christian, what is really what Jesus would do and what is not, you know, that kind of mentality, because I think there are a lot of things that, you know, people do in the name of Christianity that are not really like Jesus. So, so I appreciate that about this album, you know, that I, I remember hearing that second, uh, verse, where he says, you know, so now you're promising your Disney religion, living in your world without sin, but I just don't relate. Your words hold no weight. And I remember feeling at times like there were people who acted so perfect around me. And I was like, I can't relate to that. Like, I'm never going to be that person who's living a perfect, pure, holy life. Like, I'm just me and I make so many mistakes and I'm trying to get by. And that is part of what made me like Craig's brother so much because I could relate to them. And, and that's really what is so appealing about punk to so many people is that the person who feels like an outsider is like, look, here's other outsiders, you know? And so, um, so I love that. And th this song, aside from being like a killer starting track, just musically, you know, um, starts out with like that, that high pitched hum, right. And then the kick drum, uh, and then just, and then just goes full throttle. Um, but also just the lyrics were amazing. So, um, yeah, just one more, one more quick part here at the end of the, the album too, lyrically or the end of the line. So share my pain and bear my wounds with me or don't pretend to call it sympathy, but you're so quick to mock my misery. So quick to add insult to injury. Um, so one, there's the title, but, um, I really, really love that too. Again, as a Christian, as someone who's trying to live my faith out in a way that I think reflects Jesus authentically. Um, I think that that's something we could always do better is um, empathizing with other people. And, and you know, the, the word passion means to suffer and compassion means to suffer with. So having compassion on people to suffer with them as they're suffering so that they um, can feel that, that care, that concern, that love. Uh, so I love that, man. Uh, one more thing about this. Um, the lyrics is, I find it interesting, the bridge. Um, I guess it's a bridge. It's kind of hard to figure that out. But he <clears throat> says, so why do they ring in my ear and challenge? Uh, so your words hold no weight. So why do they ring in my ear and challenge my confidence? They heckle my pride. My medicine never had this taste. My words in your mouth now sound misplaced. Your words hold no weight. So it sounds like he's, He's like, you know, calling this person out, but then saying, this is exactly what I used to do. Like, I'm hearing my words come back at me and I don't like the taste of it. I don't like how it sounds. <clears throat> so like he's saying, I've been in this position before as well, which is interesting. Just those little lines turned it around there too. Yeah. All right. So let's jump into the second song. One thing about these punk albums, especially back in the late nineties, early two thousands is sometimes they had a lot of tracks, so we got to keep it moving or we will be here all day. So the tra track two, uh, this one is a, uh, 
very risque uh, song. Uh, this one's co-written by Andy Snyder and Ted Bond. So uh, one of the writers of this was no longer in uh, Craig's Brother after this. But we're talking about going blind. song about how pornography is bad <laughs> and um and about how it 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 um what's the word i'm looking for it, it, it essentially commodifies women you know it it turns them into an object for lust and dishonors them and uh so one, I think that definitely everyone that I knew that was in the church when this came out would have agreed pornography is bad. Um, and uh, not necessarily that they wouldn't have been partaking of it, but they would have been trying, you know, trying really hard to not partake of it. Um, but what I thought was so great about this is it didn't spend, it, di it didn't spend a ton of time uh, I think trying to shame people uh, as much as it tried to get across the message that if we want to honor people, humans, and especially women, um, that this is something we probably should not do. Right. Right. Um, I agree. Um, I, uh, I like the title and the, the double meaning in it um which if you don't understand i probably shouldn't explain it on here um i don't know if that's what if he meant to do that or whoever named it did that but um i always get a chuckle on on the name of it as well or on the name of it um do you know the double meaning for oh yeah, yeah. Okay, okay yeah um um but um i i like this one um the melody i think is amazing um but i really like the guitar it opens with a nice acoustic um but just throughout the whole thing the guitar is just real full of energy um and just a lot of the licks in it are just really fun um to listen to and to try and play the lyrics are really good it's a really honest and very good way to explain the struggle i guess with with that kind of thing yeah, and I think ultimately, like it all comes down to these these lyrics here at the end, where at the end of the chorus, where he says, "She's not real. She doesn't feel. Eyes pierce her scraps of cloth. Her value is lost." Mm -hmm. And so, I feel like sometimes the way um, people would try to handle, especially young men. I mean, I feel like a lot of the conversation around pornography in the church was centered around young men and um, how they would be sinful in, in engaging with pornography. But I feel like so much of it was about like, it just felt like it was like your dirty, filthy sinner boy, you know, if, if you participate in this. And it was so focused on how you're bad 
as opposed to focused on why that value thing that I mentioned earlier. So listen, if you're just seeing her this way, her value as a child of God or whatever is lost. And that's, that's what should really matter. And so it becomes less about me being a bad person and more about like, I want to give honor to another human being. And uh, so I really appreciated that. It's also a a couple kind of random, like, and I could be wrong on these. This may be one of those things that, you know, if we ever do get Ted on where Ted's like, what the heck are you talking about? (laughs) But um, there's a couple references here to what I'm pretty sure are just um, comic strips. So there's uh, this line, I'm I'm drawn like Dagwood to sleep. And the only Dagwood I can I can think of is Dagwood from the cartoon, the comic strip Blondie, um, which, you know, if you ever used to read the comics in the in the newspaper, that was a comic. And then kind of at the end, it says, uh, like Gus broke his chain. And I, I think that's another comic strip reference. Uh, so it's kind of interesting to have these kind of thrown in there and just sort of hope people get those illusions. <laughs> Yeah, I, I didn't get them for the longest time. And I think you had to explain to me that they were most likely from a comic strip. You want to introduce the next one? Sure. Um, the third one is one of the shortest songs on the album. Um, uh, it's called In Memory. It doesn't have a chorus, so I guess I don't know if you want to consider uh, uh, what do they call them? Um, oh my gosh, I can't think of the name. Fade to Black from Metallica's one, a ballad, <laughs> but a really short ballad. Um, just has two verses and then like an outro bridge type thing. Um, it is it's an upbeat song, but it's probably one of the saddest songs. Um, it's, uh, definitely about, um, a friend he grew up with, um, new in like high school and college. And then apparently at some point she died. Um, but her life definitely had an impact on his, um, and his faith. Um, so it's a, it's, it's one that's hard not to tear up to if you're (laughs) listening to it. Um, even though it's a. So, I mean, it's a decent, fast, uh, uh, energetic, sad song. <clears throat> yeah, and so the song is called "In Memory," and it's. Yeah, uh, I said that, Brian. Okay. Did you say that? I did say that. I I tune you out when you talk, so it's so hard Most to know. People do. Most people do. <laughs> but I was gonna say it's it's called "In Memory," but it's written by um, Adam Nye, so also one of the guys that left the band uh, to form Too Bad Eugene. Um, and yeah, I think this is one of the songs. So I'm an emotional person. Uh, I have lots of feelings, you know, like, uh, uh, you've seen a mean girls, right, dude. Mm -hmm. There's that scene where like the girl comes that doesn't even go to that, the school. And they're like, do you even go here? And she's like, I just have lots of feelings. That's me sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, um, but the, uh, this song always made me cry, man. Like every time I'd get a little, a little misty, uh, because 
I just thought it was a really beautiful tribute to someone that he cared about. Um, but also I was really, um, I wanted to be somebody, you know, there's this line that says, I saw a joy in you. I didn't see in me. You were a light for all to see. And I was just like, I really want to be like that for people. You know, I want people to, um, be happier because of me. And I want people to be drawn to good things and happy things. And, and, you know, because of me, I want to be someone that makes people's lives better. And so I always like, when I listen to this song, I was like, I always was like, I hope I can be something like that for somebody. And, uh, and I still really think it's a, a very beautiful song. Yeah. I think at this point I'm going to say um, the I love them and their their melodies make it so fun to sing but for a baritone like myself he sings so high it is very hard to get through an entire song of his and stay at the same pitch he is and not have my throat on fire afterwards which is annoying so you, yeah. you just have to let go of the uh you have to embrace the voice crack <laughs> like, singing it like a prepubescent boy like ah! <laughs> the uh i i uh i can't help but like scream sing these lyrics when they come on like sing them at the top of my lungs like most of these songs and it sounds so bad so bad uh because it is it is pretty high and mm. I, i'm not sure you know i was a baritone in choir but i'm not sure where i should have really been i think i really tried to be a baritone because i thought that was you know more masculine mm. um but I, if i wasn't a baritone i probably would have i i'd be somewhere in that baritone second tenor section but mm -hmm. we met in choir by the way guys rob and i so if we say nerdy choir things that's why yep Shout out to Mr. Dean, best choir director ever. Woo, Miss Sherry Townsend. Mm. <laughs> All right, moving on to Homecoming. <laughs> uh, this is Homecoming written by Andy Snyder. And go. We're playing it. <laughs> So it's a little awkward to do this podcast and we're inserting music and, in, you know, in post. Uh, so it's, uh, we're just trying to be, uh, you know, try, trying to not be really weird when we do it, but it's really hard when you are really weird. So homecoming written by Andy Snyder. What do you remember about this song? That I never understood the meaning of it. <laughs> it was a really fun song and i liked like the uh the style they did it in um it's definitely different like uh, the guitars sound the same but it's it's more of a, like a almost like a 50s type groove to it um which i really like um, but i could never figure out what he was talking about and i don't know if it's just because i didn't put enough time into it <laughs> yeah i mean the the 
of all the songs, I'd say the lyrics are a little bit more complicated on this one, a little bit harder to understand for sure. Um, and it's funny because it's the title track and it's probably the hardest to understand. But I think ultimately, uh, if I were going to boil it down to, you know, one statement, it's re- it's a repeated statement. It's the idea of being incomplete, right? I'm just incomplete without you. Mm-hmm. And knowing that this is a Christian band and kind of the concept of a lot of the lyrics, I- I'm going to assume here that the you is, is God. Um, I feel like that's a fair assumption. Mm, yeah, possibly. I'm not going to argue with you on that one. And, you know, now that I'm saying that and I'm kind of scrolling back through the lyrics a little bit, I feel like it might be a little bit of the story of the uh, prodigal son coming home, you know, that sort of homecoming. Because it kind of so that makes sense. It kind of deals with this idea of like a sinner who wants to come back home, and um, so maybe it's a little bit of their take on the story of the prodigal son. Hmm. Could be, could be. Maybe we can ask him that. Yeah, and again, he'll be like, "What are you talking about?" And this is. This is about a night in Vegas. <laughs> Again, a good, a good, a great track. Um, yeah. One thing I, I, I might like to do at the end, we'll see, we'll see if we can do it. But is I'd like for us to maybe say, a, you know, what are some of our favorite tracks on this? You know, like top one or two or three or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, the next track is "Nobody," written by Andy Snyder. So another Andy Snyder song. Uh, so let's let this one play for a second. So this one's a little bit of a more mellow song as well, you know, comparatively, at least at the beginning. Mm. Yeah, for sure. And you these lyrics, <laughs> what's that? Sorry. There's a pause. I didn't know if you want me to go first or for you. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, you go first. I, well, I was just going to say, for... how dare you? How dare <laughs> you? <laughs> I was going to say for me, these lyrics sound a little bit more like, Ted's lyrics, even though they're Andy's uh, this time. So that's kind of an interesting thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, until you told me that um, it was very many different of the, of, what am I saying? There had many different writers on this album. I would have thought they were all Ted because I could, they all sound pretty much like similar in um, lyrical ability and uh, like the artistic of them i guess yeah so many times he'd knelt and prayed begging for these present days when all his youth was done to be standing with his son no one would ever know him no one for him not to hear no one to answer his father being near these times he's not forgotten and did he ever know that nobody still haunting all his past that brings his longing for all my strength to come for when he was young and it kind of goes like a little bit later, it says, for all he's lived in Sodden, flying from wings he'd hide in, hiding his son from when he was young. And in his bleeding, I've been receiving no pain that would come from when he was young. So the lyrics are a little bit confusing here because it seems like it's a father and son relationship and it's a father that's sacrificing for his son to hide him. And then kind of at the end, it sort of sounds again like it's talking about the sacrifice of Jesus. So... This is one that I'm not a hundred percent sure what they're talking about. 
Um, yeah, um, I'd always thought that it was um, a guy talking about a guy who um, didn't have um, a good family, like might maybe even been homeless, like seen peering through the pain, left out standing in the rain, um, that kind of stuff, um, and that he now has a child that he doesn't want to have to go through that and also is like doesn't really want the child to know what the father went through to get to where he is now but i could be wrong because they are a little confusing here no i think that's a good take another good song this one's a solid track man um it's it, that's one of the things that's so hard about this album i think is if you're trying to like say this is a favorite or whatever there are so many like tracks that are worth calling your favorite on this album so yeah i agree so th the next track is uh lonely girl by ted bond probably about the same speed as nobody um i would say um but it's another it's another serious one that is sad but also full of hope um and um this one's easier to figure out what it's about um a girl who's pregnant um <clears throat> pregnant in the middle of you know nine months middle of december um doesn't really have anybody to help her get through this. Um, she's scared. She's alone. But they're saying that this child is going to come out and give her all the hope and praise that she's been missing in her life. Yeah, and I think so. One of my favorite podcasts is a podcast called Magnified Pod. Um, and so shout out to those guys. They're they're great, and they do. Um, they did their whole first season about the entire discography of MXPX, their whole second season about the entire discography of Five Iron Frenzy. That's my number one and number two favorite band. So it's pretty awesome. And their their new season, they're doing a lot of the sort of skate punk bands that Tooth and Nail did. So they're going to cover Craig's brother. Um, but one of the things they've been talking about, they're doing Slick Shoes right now. And one of the things they've been talking about is the Rock for Life um organization that was at a lot of christian concerts back in the day i don't know do you remember ever seeing their like tables and tents and stuff like that me no yeah. was slick shoes the did we just see them when the last time we went and saw mxpx was that the one with them they reunited yes okay. yeah yeah they just put out a new album that is super killer like maybe their best album ever you huh. should definitely check it out we'll do um but uh uh, yeah, so Rock for Life was a pro-life Christian organization that would, um, you know, was super involved in, um, you know, Christian rock tours, Christian rock bands, that kind of stuff. And um, they would advertise, they would have signs and you could buy patches and pens that you put on your, you know, your, 
your punk jacket and all that kind of stuff. And uh, they said stuff like abortion is mean and abortion is homicide. And um, there was this sort of trend, especially in Christian punk bands and Christian rock bands, to speak out against abortion. And um, as an older person now, um, what bothers me the most about that is that a lot of it was very accusational. A lot of it was very, you know, a lot of the the songs and, and, and albums and stuff like that, they were very like shaming towards women who might have an abortion. Um, and, and to me, uh, you know, I, I never really meant to talk about my faith this much on the, on the podcast, but it's sort of inevitable with some of these albums. But to me, um, you know, that's not the way God works. God doesn't work with shame. That's, that's not how he tries to fix things, you know? Um, so what I really, really appreciate about this song is it's not at all about shame. Um, and instead of it being like, if you have an abortion, you're a bad person and shame on you. Um, it never even really mentions that, you know, um, it, it really is about the difficulty of being pregnant, but then the beauty when you have a child. And I think anyone that's had a child, uh, can attest to what a special, miraculous, beautiful moment that is. And that just makes so much more sense as an appeal to why to have a baby if you can, you know? Um, and so I, I really appreciate that there was a punk band back in 1998 or whatever that was taking that tactic instead of, you know, you're a murderer. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. I didn't know about uh, the Rock for Life thing at all. So that's news to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So Lonely Girl is a beautiful, a beautiful song and very heartfelt. Again, man, um, and that is a Ted song. Ted has such a way with lyrics um, mm. that it's just so moving, you know, the stuff that he writes, you know, um, the, the way the song ends, for instance, is it says, you know, it talks about um, water breaks inside that lonely girl. A child is brought into that broken world. So small, so weak. He knows no grief. He only knows the one who brought him here, gave him life and made his value clear. If he could speak, his lips would know no fear. They would only praise her. And God, that's so beautiful because having a baby when you're not prepared and especially if you're alone, is it is a scary thing. You're going to be responsible for another human being. Mm -hmm. And so that sort of statement that that child isn't afraid, you know, they just know that you're there and you love them mm -hmm. is super special. Um, so um, I, I'm not going to really get into the politics of, of abortion or anything. Uh, that's not the point of the album, but I just think that's such a beautiful well-written um song so yeah fully agree which brings us to who am i hey uh, rob oh yeah see i told you i forget it
the song is called Who Am I? And this is where the guitars start getting really good, in my opinion. Um, these last few songs, and uh, I love it. Um, the, they start having breakdowns, um, just really cool guitar riffs in them, and I just just draws me to it even more. But um, this one is a really good, um, I guess, soul searching type uh, song. Um, I'm not sure who wrote it. Um, Adam Nye. Adam Nye, man, he's yeah, he's good then. Um, I like all of his lyrics a lot. Um, this one just just a really good um, inner look at like who who am I? Who am I going to be on this world? In this world, um, like and then the struggles of trying to find that out by looking in different places and not knowing, um, and not wanting to feel useless and um, unimportant. So, like my favorite lyrics in here is uh, probably in the first the first verse. Uh, it's lying idle in my room, telling my thoughts to the moon. Why do I always feel so unimportant? To other egos, my mind clings, and inside these voices ring that I'm just a carbon copy of everyone else. Like he doesn't want to be just like everyone else, but that's kind of how he feels his life is at this point, and he's trying to find a way out of that. Yeah, and the chorus is so good, and then there's this bridge, like you know, a little bit later, which just has this, like, I, I don't, I don't know if I could do the guitar stuff, just that <laughs> I want to make the sound, but I'm just, it's going to be so dumb. <laughs> Your guitar. I'll, you I'll play that as a clip. <laughs> <laughs> well, we may have to have a couple clips. Well, you, you know, something to yeah. start it out and then this, or whatever, but it gets to this, uh, still searching. Who am I? Some answers I don't ever find. I just want to know. I have a place come from and return to dust, but I don't want to feel that useless. I want to see something in me that's unique. I just want to know who am I? What am I for? And I I mean, first of all, that's super angsty. And as a teenager, this is definitely one that I resonated with. Like, yeah, what am I for, God? Like, <laughs> I want to be special. And um, but now as an adult, I can really even appreciate it in a different way. Just that idea of, you know, especially if you feel like you're not like everyone else, you know, so if I'm different, why? Like, what's the value in that? What's the purpose for that? What, what am I going to do from here on out? Um, love it. And the guitar is killer. Yeah, the guitar is killer. And uh, I don't know who does the melodies um, for all these. I don't know if that's Ted Bond actually makes them up or if they share in that as well. But throughout the whole album, like the melodies for each song, feel like they fit the lyrics and like the tone so well and uh this is one of my my favorites with the uh, melodies as well all right so we're going to jump into sorry written by andy snyder That's another one I have actually no clue what they were talking about, <laughs> but really fun one to sing. Yeah, so Andy Snyder's lyrics seem to be the ones that are the most, a little bit harder to understand. You know, still good, definitely fun to sing, definitely good songs, 
but definitely harder to kind of get through um the 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 what what it means you know you get to the course could i be sorry enough to make you not be sorry for goodness sakes i'm sure you're sorry you met up with the likes of one who can't be sorry for his and it's like i mean i'm sorry that i know you now yeah. <laughs> like i'm i'm if if it, just from that like i'm sorry that you want to talk like that and i don't know what the heck you're talking about yep yeah i, I mean i still actually i have i'm rereading it again and um i have no idea what he's talking about in the song except he wants to be sorry to somebody yeah i mean and, and so i think that there's a it's kind of cool when you have multiple people writing songs because you just have different perspectives on the way songs get written right i mean music is an art and just like with art um some some paintings you can look at and you're like oh yeah that's like a uh you know a person you know, sitting on at, at, in, the, in the grass in a park near a pond. And then there's some art that you're like, somebody threw a bunch of paint at this and somebody else decided it was worth millions of dollars. Mm -hmm. um, and so his is a little bit more on the edge of like somebody threw a bunch of paint at it. But there is definitely meaning to be derived from it. And, and I think when we get to the end and it says, we'll be reminded of a time when me and you used to be friends. So I think this is a song about, you know, two friends kind of having a falling out. Uh, it's a good song. Sounds great. Um, lyrically, not not going to be my favorite, but still just a, a great a great track. Yeah, and this is another one that has the uh, brought in the guitars at the bridge and just has a really fun bridge to sing as well. Um, but the guitar work on this one is another one of my faves. And now we transition into the holy grail of songs. Uh, many people's number one uh, favorite song on this album, primarily because it was on like every compilation that Tooth and Nail put out. Um, and that is Dear Charlotte. This one's written by Ted, Ted Bond. Uh, so let's play it. All right, so so this this song is really about kind of a guy in his middle middle ages, you know, an adult, and he's kind of looking at his life, and he's just not happy, he's not satisfied, and a big part of that is that he's not taking in the the good things, like he's not seeing it for what it is, right? He's a, a grass is always greener kind of guy, mm -hmm. and that's problematic. Mm -hmm. So, um, my favorite verse in this is, uh, and again, so again, being a teenage guy, I think probably, and, and especially, you know, heavily involved in the church, I uh, probably what bothered me or what I liked about this track, this part of the track is that I thought it was the most controversial. Um, and, uh, but I, I love it now, but it's the one that says, uh, your eldest son reminds you of the way life used to be when you didn't bear the chains of matrimony. You had no job that you hated, no responsibility. You were youthful and careless and free. And the woman you wed, she seemed better in bed when there wasn't a ring on her finger. Yes, your life seemed all right when you partied all night. Those days are gone. Does the flavor still linger? Um, and, and then it goes on to say, don't, don't tell me life would be great if you were reprobate and had friends who were losers and fiends. You have a family, a wife, and a meaningful life, but you're still holding on to yesterday's dreams. 
So this is this is a song that as a 16-year-old kid, I loved the song, loved the lyrics, loved the music, but couldn't really understand the content because I hadn't been married, hadn't been and didn't have a job, didn't, you know, all that kind of stuff, didn't have a career. I mean, I was a host at a restaurant. Um but now I look at that and I can really resonate with some of that. You know, you do your best to be an adult and be a good person. And at some point, I think most of us look at our life and are like, is this what I wanted? And because it doesn't line up exactly with what you wanted to be or what you dreamed of when you were younger, it can feel like, man, I, I don't like my life. But it's really about kind of a perspective shift and seeing how great your life really is, you know, and sometimes it's about shifting your priorities too. like, you know, I don't think anyone should work a job they hate for their whole lives, but um, sometimes you need to change your perspective on your job. And sometimes you need to say, I'm going to get a different job and we may have to adjust our living a little bit, but I'm going to get a job that I enjoy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that assessment. Um, this is a, a pretty straightforward one to figure out what he's talking about. What I like about this one too is like I love, I love guitars and stuff. This one doesn't have much in like um, it has really fast guitar. It's a really high pumping energetic song, um, but it's it's all lyrics. So there's not like fancy guitar in the background or anything like that. Like it starts with just a snare intro, just da 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 da, da and boom, he's singing, 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 and all the way to the very end. It's just, it's words the whole time. So, but it's just, it's fun and it's energetic, um, but it's like a serious and somewhat sad song. Um, but then at the end, of course, he still, still brings back the hope that it feels like he puts in a lot of his, or I guess everyone in the band puts in their songs. Um, don't give up. You're still young. You're not, and your life's just begun at every corner opportunity screams. Um, so yeah, that's my perspective. I just, I, it's just such one of my favorite songs to sing with, with the, with the track. And it's funny because I, this is one of those albums where you'll be like, like, you know, we get to Dear Charlotte, we've done a lot of songs already. And you're like, man, it's a great album, great album. And then you turn and you're like, next song. And you're like, oh yeah, another <laughs> great song, man. So my Annie, the, 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 the biggest love song on the album, you know, I think. Um, and I, this is the one that I, I think of you the most on, which now I regret that I phrased it that way, (laughs) (laughs) but because I just remember you playing this song and singing it a lot and some of the lyrics, especially that we thought were fun. Um, you know, the, the sort of wordplay and stuff like that. It's written by Ted Bond and uh, starts out with a great uh, set of lyrics. So let's let's listen for a second and then we'll get into it. So it starts out with this line, darling, I want to make the word love new because it's been said so many times. Okay, so I was definitely a romantic in high school and wrote a lot of love letters uh, to girls who uh, did not reciprocate feelings. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, but I am pretty sure I wrote the lyrics to this song 
to at least a couple of girls. Um, and especially that part that, you know, the, the word love has lost its meaning. I thought that was such a, a romantic and well-written idea. Um, I do love the lyrics to this song. Um, it has a cool bridge again. That's really fun to sing. And they do it in a style of like one person says one line and the next person, and it comes like in each side of the, the, uh, the headphones or speakers. Um, and it's just a real cool concept they did there. I'm still not, like, uh, it's a love song, but I think it's one where he has this love for a girl, but doesn't, I don't know if he doesn't, can't tell her or, or what, like, I can't figure out what the chorus is saying, like, um, cause then, and although you'll never know my heart, my full emotion, just know you'll never be alone. Like, is this one where he loves this girl that he can't tell? It's a stalker love song. Yeah, like, did I just ruin the song? <laughs> You're like, it's so romantic how he's watching her, you know, through her bedroom window while she's getting ready for bed. <laughs> so cute how he's hiding behind the next aisle in the groceries watching her buy produce. <laughs> I don't think that's what it is. I think what he's saying is that he loves her so much she could never fully understand. That's not as fun. <laughs> now you've ruined it with just plain boring romanticism yep. here's what doesn't ruin this song is this set of lines at the end it's you know for the most part the song is just really poetic and beautiful and romantic and then it has these lines at the end which are humorous and you're just like what the heck that he threw these in there but it so kind of makes the song and you know which lines I'm going to say mm-hmm but these lines also kind of back my theory. Yeah, so, I, I can see that. That he's a stalker. <laughs> <laughs> like Charlie Chaplin, like clapping one hand, my my love cannot be heard. In all these love songs, they come out all wrong because there's just no such word, my Annie. Yeah. So the the I remember many, many times on that line, like Charlie Chaplin, like clapping one hand, you turning energetically towards me and clapping one hand <laughs> it can be done <laughs> yeah and i was always just mildly disturbed at that i was like this is this is who i'm friends with i don't <laughs> it's the best i can do it's the best i can do with what i've been given it's the best you can do with the money you gave me that's right <laughs> All right, so we've got two left, two tracks left, and the next track is called One. This is another Andy Snyder one. It's another one I couldn't understand. <laughs> uh, it's also one of the ones that I think were hardest to hear the lyrics or to understand the lyrics in the song. Um, and I don't think I ever really went and read the lyrics. So that might be part of it, but still. Still, it'd be no bad feelings towards Andy Snyder at all. But this, no. just to give you an idea of, of the lyrics, the difference on the lyrics. 
Um, obviously, we're playing a track, uh, you know, a little bit for you. We played a little bit of it for you right after we talked about the title of the song. But uh, the passages, this is one of the verses, the passages preached roused notions of worn. Uh, the elasticity reached allegiance near torn. And she's flying away to new foreign lands, hurting so. You're searching for faults on grounds that you stand, letting go. Without her, the dream, it ceases to be letting go. But tomorrow you'll wake and maybe you'll see. You'll find some way to stumble along again. We wonder why, why ever you've gone. Remember two who had something special then. Just for today, there'll be only one. So did somebody, did somebody die? Is somebody breaking up? Is this about somebody going away to college? Like, I have no, I have no idea. Yeah, I have no clue. No clue. Is so music voice reconciled song you've created the choice no you will stand strong yeah i don't i don't know i don't know what he's saying musically great lyrically a little confusing yeah musically definitely great i think this is another one if i remember correctly that has a cool um breakdown right before the bridge um with the guitars and i love it every time which brings us to the final track. The final countdown. No? No. No. Okay. Uh, and this is a song called Potential. This is a Ted Bond song, and this is another great, great song. And easy to understand. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it starts out with this like fun sort of, it almost sounds like you're hearing it through the stereo, you know, like through an, an old like radio station or something. Hey there, Mr. Personality. You're like you're listening to it on vinyl is what you're trying to say. It's not really that good. It's like a lesser sound. I, I, I did research, my friend. I did research. You are a fan of science. You would think you would appreciate this. I did research. The quality is as good as anything else. Okay. And really, it has a lot to do with our ears can't pick up the differences that much. So, all right. So, um, uh, yeah. So, another great song. I actually have one of the lines from this up on my, um, I think, on my Facebook, uh, like the quote or whatever that you put, the description of yourself you put. And it's the, uh, um, it's it's from the course because you could be the best there ever was, but you won't move because you're too scared. Potential shines so bright when never dared. And um, yeah, uh, I think this is a song that I really resonated with because I always felt like I was somebody that, um, I have always felt like I'm somebody that was, you know, relatively intelligent. Uh, but other than that, I didn't really feel like I had a whole lot going for me. And I wanted to be someone to do something of, of value, of meaningful. Um, but I was just so scared to step out there. I've always been someone that was kind of afraid to fail. And so I don't try. Mm -hmm. And um, <clears throat> I, I, I followed the advice of Homer Simpson 
which said, <laughs> kids, you've tried your hardest and you failed miserably. The lesson is never try. So, um, but there's so many things in my life that I just was like, I'm probably going to screw this up, so I don't want to do it. And that's something as I've gotten older that I really regret. And I'm trying to go completely against. I bought a guitar because I quit playing guitar because it was hard. And I didn't want people to keep hearing me suck. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm like, I'm going to learn how to play this guitar, even if I'm 80 when I finally get it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think we've all been there. We're still going through that kind of stuff. Um, but that was, yeah, that's by far my favorite line of the the song potential shine so bright when never dared um and just you know thinking through that how much how much sense that makes because um if you see somebody with just a ton of potential it's because they haven't they haven't stepped out and and done the thing that you see in them yet and so you don't have potential if you're you know all out there doing what you're meant to be doing um in in most sense but um, but yeah, musically, this is a fantastic song. Like you said, I love the way it starts out all vinyl sounding, and then it gets into the really good sound um, at the uh, the second verse, and it just it goes on from there. And then at the end, it, it like breaks down into halftime, and then you like they have this like distant singing of the last verse, and it's uh, sounds really cool. <clears throat> All right, so now we're going to have to do something very, very difficult. <clears throat> you, I'm not going to give you a specific number, you, you, but I think three is usually a number that's that's good. Gosh, is it hard? I, I'm going to throw up my my top three songs. Okay. So for me, I think I'm going to say that my number three is potential. I really, really love that song. My number two is going to be, oh, this is so hard, man. My, my number two, I think, is going to be Who Am I? And my number one is going to be Dear Charlotte. Right on. I thought In Memory would be in there. That's, I, was I almost picked it. I almost picked it. <laughs> uh, I was like, it was between In Memory and, and Who Am I? And I really love Who Am I, too. Yeah. Uh, so... Yeah, I mean, I could. There's like five other songs I could put in here. There, there's. It's so good. Yeah. Um. For overall music, like, for it's just overall songs. I'd have to say my number three is probably my Annie. Um, number two is Dear Charlotte, and then my top one is probably Who Am I. See, and I'm like, another one I could have easily thrown in there is, is Insult to Injury. Such a good song. But yeah, great, great stuff. Yeah. All right. So so our rule is that um, we're just doing one album by a band. Doesn't mean we can't come back later. And I tell you, if we come back to Craig's brother, it's either going to be for their new album or for Devils in the Details, because Devils in the Details is so good. Mm-hmm. We have not yet discussed how we will do, like if we do EPs, we may have to do a couple EPs kind of to equal out an album. Just, uh, and I've, I've got a specific duo of EPs in mind that I want to do uh, by a, diff a different man. But, um, but what we are doing is we're not going to stay with a band for more than one episode for a while. We'll come back to it. 
So uh, what we talked about was that the next album that we do is my pick. Mm-hmm. And uh, my pick is that we are going to do. Huh? What? what what's I, that, what's I, that? I didn't. I didn't say that. I already hate it. It's okay. <laughs> um, uh, to me, this this is another album. So I'm, I've been thinking through like albums that I think are perfect albums. Like I think Homecoming is a perfect album. So for me, uh, another perfect album is the next one we're going to do is uh, uh, Leaving Through the Window by Something Corporate. So I'm super excited about that. Um, I'm a big Andrew McMahon fan. Uh, uh, we'll talk about this more later, but Andrew McMahon started out, uh, you know, I first heard of him in something corporate, went on to be uh, Jack's mannequin, and then on, went on to be Andrew McMahon in the wilderness. Um, I'm, but something about that particular album, Leaving Through the Window, it is still one of my all-time favorites, one that I desperately want to get on vinyl, um, a great album. So I'm looking forward to talking about that album. Right. I've never heard that album. I think you said I know probably a, at least a song off of it. Um, so I'm going to have to go back and listen to it for sure. Um, I don't know anything about that McMahon guy. I used to like Ed McMahon because I thought he was going to send me lots of money. But he never did. Um, those for, for your older people, that's the... the What do they call it? They, what was that? Oh my gosh. The thing in the mail, you could possibly be the winner of $10 million. Right. I can't remember what it is. But yeah, yeah. anyway, bad joke, bad joke. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to listen to that album, hopefully, before next time. <laughs> yeah, that would help. It's real hard to talk about an album you haven't heard at all. Um, but so I'm excited about that. So we're going to kind of wrap up here. Um, and our, our goal will be to keep it around this length uh, also. Um so, uh, Rob, where can people find you on social media and, uh, and are you doing anything else besides this? Um, well, I have a MySpace account, um, makeout club, makeoutclub.com. <laughs> Apparently that thing shut down in 2017. I also have a live journal. <laughs> a, a Zanga. A Zanga. Uh, no, I have I have an Instagram. Um, you can find me as Geek Weasel, which is the coolest name ever. Uh, but Weasel is spelled W-E-E-Z-U-L, which is what makes it cool. Um, and then I have a Twitter, uh, which I hardly ever use these things, but it's just my name, at Robert Hosner. I'll let you figure out how to spell my last name. Um, and I think that's it. And then I, um, so I do a thing called the Rudy Librarian. So I just want to throw out a quick uh, plug for that. So the Rudy Librarian is uh, uh, kind of my main social media gig. And, and it's uh, something I started kind of in preparing to be a librarian. And in it, I talk about uh, books and punk and ska music, um, primarily books. I do a lot of book talks. I do a, a, at least three book talks a week where I kind of describe a book to give people a, uh, a little info about it. Uh, my newest video on that, I did a video today where I talked about the favorite books of three members of Five Iron Frenzy, uh, which is pretty cool. That's the first video I've done like that, and I really, really enjoyed making it. Um, so I am either The Rudy Librarian or Rudy Librarian on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find me on all three of those um, and on YouTube. Um, 
you can uh, search for the Rudy Librarian. And Rudy is spelled R-U-D-I-E. Um, and then like I also, shirt. what's that? Like on your shirt. Like on my shirt, which says Rudy's Never Die. That's right. It's a Goonies slash Ska uh, tribute shirt. Um, and then I also do a podcast about Star Wars The High Republic, which is a new series of um, a, sort of a new time period in the Star Wars universe. And there's a bunch of books coming out right now. I do that podcast with my friend Gary Mastriano, who is uh, the saxophone player in the ska band, the uh, Backyard Superheroes. And uh, so we, we've done a few episodes there. We've got another episode coming out next week, I think, the 16th or something. And um, and that's been going really great. And we are going to have uh, accounts coming up pretty quickly here for this podcast. Hopefully they'll be up before the podcast goes out. So you can look for us at uh, the Stuffing Podcast. Um, we will try and get uh, at least an Instagram and Facebook for the Stuffing Podcast. And you can email us if you have thoughts or ideas or want to give us your feedback at uh, thestuffingpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. <laughs> any any final thoughts? Um, this is my one and only podcast, so we better hit it big because I don't want to work anymore. <laughs> sounds fair sounds fair um yeah uh all right so that with that being said that's uh all the stuffing we have today uh come back uh for our next episode hopefully in a couple weeks where we'll be uh taking apart the uh something corporate leaving through the window see you later adios <laughs>